Hi, everyone. This is Lisa DeLay, and you are listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, Lesson 148. Triggered? How to de-trigger. Now, for anyone who's on social media, especially Twitter... Twitter has been sold to us as a little birdie told me. I got a tweet. But a lot of times it feels like we're walking on eggshells. And a lot of people are triggered. I get triggered. And we respond and react in unthoughtful ways. And that's because when you're triggered, you have no empathy for anyone else. And you can't possibly know what another person is feeling during the moment of being triggered. And this is just a physiological situation. That part of your brain actually goes offline. And they can see this in the uh, fMRI studies when they put people under an fMRI scanner and show them things that trigger them, the, the parts of the brain that could understand empathy, that could do reason and logic and be conscious, the, the most conscious parts of us go offline and cortisol hormones start coursing through our veins in order to help us act and react as if our life is threatened and to move quickly. So emotions are really energy in motion. And we have to discharge this pent-up energy in some real and meaningful way. And if we don't, if we hang on to it in some way, it goes down deep. It gets stored somehow in our body. Um, and in the part of our brain that is where the amygdala is, the, it, that felt part of the body, um, but not in a part that exists where we understand time. So trauma stays with us as if it's in the present and it doesn't stay in a chronological past. It doesn't get stored where our hippocampus, our memory center is on the other side of the brain. I've been reading a fantastic book that you can pre-order now, but it's not available. Liz Mulliner who is part of the Heal for Life organization that she set up in Australia with fellow survivors of childhood trauma. She's written a book, Heal for Life, How to Heal Yourself from the Pain of Childhood Trauma. She herself was a victim of multiple kinds of trauma, very serious ones in her childhood. Her story is very interesting, and I can't wait to talk with her about her organization and all the things that she's been up to and all the ways that she shows that people can actually be cured of childhood trauma, cured of triggering thoughts and flashbacks and nightmares and all the things associated with keeping trauma within, which include lots of things like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, inflammation issues, immune issues and disorders, certain pain that we have in our body that doesn't seem to have a physical component to it that can't be traced medically to a, a real physical component. It's not that it's any kind of fake thing. It's pain stored in our bodies as contained emotion hasn't been able to be let out. And so this needs to be discharged from us. We've weaponized ourselves against ourselves and we have to learn how to disarm this bomb. And what's happening in our society more and more is that we keep triggering each other and triggering, triggering, triggering. It's not making it go away. It's making everything get worse. It's making people appear to be less empathetic all the time. 
And it's really not that they're less empathetic. It's that that part of their brain is shutting down more and more often. So if you feel like a lot of people feel regularly anxious or on edge, angry, lonely, sad, tired, burned out, healing is so important. And that's part of what I want to bring on my show, Spark My Muse. I don't want to just chat with authors about fun things. I want to get down into the meat of things and how do we transform? How do we heal? How do we make things better for ourselves and for the people that we are surrounded with, for our children, for our neighbors? This is the stuff that really makes my soul sing when I can bring this to you and I can have healing for myself as well. Liz tells us that we can only heal and do healing work when we actually feel safe in our bodies. Now, for some of us, that's going to seem like, well, sure, I feel safe in my body. What's the big deal? But for a lot of us who've been traumatized, you never feel safe in your body or your surroundings. You live on edge a lot or most of the time. You might suffer from nightmares or you might suffer from panic attacks, anxiety attacks, or just worry. You might worry about just leaving your house. I want to also mention that healforlife.com.au is the website. All this will be available for free in the show notes. I will make them for free. Usually the show notes involve supporting at a dollar or above, but I want to make sure that money is not an obstacle for you to find these resources and these links. So please make sure you go to the extras for this episode at patreon.com forward slash spark my muse for episode soul school lesson 148 ssl 148 and get all the resources that you need or somebody in your family or your friendships somebody you know needs to heal from trauma even if it's not you please pass this along i'm hoping this can reach as many people as possible This book has already been completely invaluable to me because it made me understand my body and my emotions and how they work in a whole new way. Emotions don't have language. And this is why it's so hard if we've been traumatized and someone says, hey, tell me how you feel. And you are like, lots of things. I don't know. Ah." It's because emotions are not part of the language center of our brains. In fact, when we're traumatized, say in an accident or somebody has abused us, the broca center of the brain and the language center of the brain is on the other side and it, it goes offline. So to heal, we have to reintegrate, discharge the emotion from the one side, those feelings that are bodily, uh, that that are the sympathetic feelings that, that charge us up to make us feel uh, maybe a stomach ache, headache, make us feel shaky and nervous. As we're remembering the trauma, we're not just remembering it. If it's trauma, we are actually reliving it because trauma doesn't have chronological time. We just remember it as if it's happening right now. That's how we know we're not healing from it. If you're ever describing a trauma that's happened to you and it yanks you right back there, you feel the emotions again, that means it hasn't been healed. When we acknowledge our feelings with words and say, I'm scared or I'm anxious, and Liz mentions that underneath all those things, I'm angry, anxious, sad, is always the root is always fear because that's what gets our amygdala cranked up. That fight or flight or freeze part of our brain that has kept human beings 
from going extinct. We know to, to run from a wild animal or to escape if we have to. That center of the brain is so important to our existential survival, it can also wreak havoc with us. And it doesn't want to let go of the negative memories. So we have to integrate them with the language center to, to get a full healing to happen for us. I will go through the step process that Liz mentions about how to de-trigger ourselves. But I highly recommend that you pre-order her book, which will be out in February 2020, Heal for Life, because it is full of incredible insights, very, very practical steps and tools that you can have to be freed up in your life again, to be released from that toxic, harmful energy you keep in your body with the negative emotions that got stored there from trauma. And trauma in a child is different than trauma in an adult. For a child, just being left behind for a few minutes in a parking lot, (laughs) even though your parents were actually a few feet away and you didn't see them, for a child, that's existential trauma because they didn't know better where anybody was. And they thought maybe they would be left to die. So when you're a kid, too soon, too fast, or too much, can be extremely traumatizing in the sense that those triggers, when you sense the same sorts of things again, when you smell the same smells, when things look similar, you might get triggered again and have no idea, no actual recollection of the memory or some sort of flashback. But from your childhood mind that was wounded at that time, that made an enormous impact because you didn't have the experience you have now as an adult. So Liz mentions also that when you are reintegrating yourself and dealing with the trauma, you come towards yourself as an adult with the experience you have as an adult and you go back to that wounded part of yourself that got stuck there in that spot of trauma. Maybe someone was violent with you. You had no power. You're just a little kid and someone's screaming at you and you're freaked out. You go back to that child and that memory and you comfort that inner wounded child because that something's got stuck there. Some emotion got stuck at that age for you. And you go back and you comfort that child as the adult you now because that child still needs to be rescued, still needs to be comforted and acknowledged. And they're stuck there in perpetuity without chronology. If it felt unsafe for you in your childhood, You never really felt safe in your body or at ease. And it's really about how we feel that brings about healing. First, we have to feel safe in our body. And when we're triggered, we suddenly don't feel safe in our body. We feel like something's threatened. So undealt with fear and anger turns into depression and hopelessness, sometimes suicidal thoughts and dejection and despair. So when you have those those feelings of ongoing anger, sadness, fear, depression, that's undealt with trauma that is sourced ultimately in fear. It may have happened an awfully long time ago. You might not even have any real memory of it. Trauma happens in the right hemisphere But memories that we actually can remember happen on the left. The right side of the brain has no time, no sense of time and is always present and no sense of language. Talking it out can't work to integrate trauma until your body feels safe and until you feel safe in your body. 
when you approach the part of yourself that's wounded, approach it in a tender way, like you would approach an actual child who's suffering with compassion and tenderness. Be that loving parent or that sweet person to that child that that child never had. On page 244, Liz mentions, it isn't the details of the actual event that are super important to go over and to hash out. It is just the fear that's released that happened during the event that's important. And it's also important to re-empower yourself during the process, which can lead to victory and overcoming. Because sometimes in the process of remembering, we cement ourselves into victimhood. This is how I was treated. This is how I am treated. And the victimization becomes a permanent sort of status in our mind because we keep reliving the trauma but not moving past it. On page 115... Dr. Mulliner goes into how to de-trigger. I love this part because I've already used it. (laughs) It works great. And I know I'll have to keep using it because I have lots and lots of unresolved trauma. I don't feel safe in my body at times. I haven't been able to feel safe in my body. There were lots of traumatic things. And That's true for many of us. That's not, I'm not unusual. (laughs) I think lots of us have just been powerless as children or stuff has happened. Maybe someone got sick. Maybe there was a car accident. Maybe someone died and there was no way to control that. And that fear came up in your little body and there was no way to really deal with it. So the first thing to do to de-trigger is maybe the hardest thing if you're not used to it is that you just have to realize, wait a minute, I was okay, but now I don't feel okay. My body doesn't feel right. I feel jacked up. I feel, I feel angry. I feel triggered. You just realize it. It's just the noticing. Whoa, I've been triggered. Whoa. Now there's no blaming involved. Like who just triggered me? Just feel what you feel. Don't be blaming. Just think, okay, my body is responding, reacting to something, maybe a little more than it should be. Maybe some stranger on Twitter said something like, and you're like, you know, but who cares what, what they said? For some reason, it's really gotten you upset. That's okay. You're triggered. Just say, I feel triggered. I'm, I notice I'm triggered. So that brings it into your conscious mind, out of your unconscious mind, where that sensory memory is. It's a bodily sensory memory. It doesn't have words. It doesn't have conscious thought. It's, it's down deep below language. So all you can sense is just what your body's telling you. You'll feel anxious. You'll feel fight, flight, or freeze. So notice when your body is triggered. It shouldn't be too hard. Just get on Twitter for about five minutes and you'll get triggered. So maybe there'll be a sudden anxiety, disassociation, anger. You might feel the need to escape, like, I'm out of here. Maybe a physical pain, a headache. You might feel just really tired all of a sudden. And a pain somewhere might emerge in the neck, the shoulders, something like that. Stomach is where some people keep their pain. They get a stomach ache or they have indigestion and, and trouble with the gastrointestinal tract. So at that point, when you, when you sense that, that's number one. Then go to number two. 
say how you feel, speak it out loud and feel the feeling in a conscious way. So if you feel frightened, worried, scared, angry, fear translated into something else, your fear center will be activated in your amygdala and the language center will go offline, like we mentioned, and words will probably be hard to find or connect with because your language center has gone offline or halfway gone offline. So it helps to use your mirror neurons in your brain. So it helps to say to somebody, I feel frightened. I feel angry. I feel scared. It helps to say this to a person to see their reaction, or it helps to do this in a mirror. And it actually sends a feedback loop that helps us understand what we feel. It's all about this social mammal thing and these mirror neurons. It's incredible how the body works. So this is how you actually discharge the energy of the emotion. That way you don't get stuck in an unaware reactive mode. You just say, oh, I'm feeling triggered. I'm feeling angry. Say it in the mirror. Say it to your phone as if you're taking a selfie. That is if you're alone. If you're with somebody, say, I'm feeling triggered right now, feeling angry or whatever the emotion is. And then once you realize what you're feeling, step three, validate that it's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's totally okay to feel feelings. You don't have to shove them down. You don't have to blow someone's head off with your words or with anything else. Just settle into that. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. And then you remind yourself, this is actually fear from the past. It's not happening right now. It's not happening right now. I don't have to be afraid right now. And there's so much power in that because your brain doesn't know what time it is. The fear center of your brain has no idea what year it is, what day it is, what time of day this has happened to you. It is still in a traumatic response from maybe two years ago, from maybe 20 years ago. So you do those three steps. Of course, I'm going to have these three steps in the show notes. You can also find them by buying the book Heal for Life by Dr. Liz Mulliner. And I urge you to go pre-order that right now. She mentions on page 249 about moving through trauma in six steps. This has to do with detriggering also, but I think it's important to mention these steps because as we work these steps into our regular lives, just everyday stuff, if we have felt anxiety and we have felt regularly triggered and that our body feels unsafe or the world feels unsafe, these six steps are very important to start implementing right away to feel integrated, to feel whole. And once you do that, you will be so much better a resource to other people. You'll be so much more relaxed and at peace in your life. Moving through trauma involves six steps. The first one is that you have to feel safe. This is why discharging emotions is important. If you don't feel safe, you cannot heal. And a lot of people might not realize that. Even professional therapists might say, hey, let's just talk about it. Well, if you don't feel safe, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere. You'll get more triggered. You'll feel worse. And some people don't understand that 
how much the trauma is following you around, how much the trauma is staying in your body and making you feel like your own body is an unsafe place. You have to connect with the wounded part directly. So you have to go in and acknowledge that part that feels that way and speak with it. I feel this way. You can use your imagination too, she mentions in the book. Imagine yourself going into a garden and you close the gate behind you and this garden is a safe place. And there's all these flowers and trees and this fountain in the middle. It's this gorgeous place. And you sit down and you're enjoying it. And then you notice there's a little child there. There's a little child, but that's you. And then what will you do with that child? What does the child look like? Do you want to call to the child? Do you want to wait for the child to come to you? Imagine yourself as that child. That's the wounded child where all that emotion is held. And that's the case for all of us because we all have some form of trauma and woundedness. Somebody has hurt us, maybe accidentally, maybe on purpose. Something has happened where we've had great loss and grief in our lives. Maybe it's been a disappointment, maybe um, opportunity lost or a dashed expectation. But none of us go into this world and through this world without experiencing grief, which is the experience of loss. After connect with the wounded part, number three is feel the feeling, feel scared, lonely, angry, sad, and say it out loud. It's fine to feel the feelings. It's not going to eat you alive. It's not a monster. Just say the thing and it discharges it right away. As you speak it, the hemispheres of your brain reconnect and things start to make sense. The logical part of your brain starts to connect with that fearful wild animal part. Then you release the energy contained in the feeling. This involves, you can you can scream if you're in a private place, if you're driving in your car down the highway alone, <laughs> uh, you could scream, you can scream into a pillow or punch a pillow, cry, exercise with a walk or a run. Try to do something that discharges the energy, but in a positive way. And then re-empower yourself. You ask the wounded part, what do you need to take power back? Maybe it's a ritual. Maybe it's imagining something. Um, Dr. Mulliner mentions that some people imagine the little child says to them, I want a pack of wolves to chase away the perpetrator that hurt me. Or I want to imagine that the person who bothered me changes into a piece of cardboard and that cardboard is burned away. It can be imaginative. It can be playful. It can be anything that you need to do without actually hurting anybody, but anything you need to do in your imagination or a ritual that will help you get your power back and not keep you stuck. And that is where you step over the trauma, kind of step over the dead body of what has happened. And you realize that does not hold me any longer. I am raised up. That's like the resurrection moment. I have died to that. And that is not me anymore. I'm not identified with that victim. I am a new person. I'm a person who's come into victory. And you nurture, and after that part, then the next step is you nurture, have fun with that part and that inner child part. You celebrate in some way, you have some fun, you enjoy you, what it means to be renewed and alive again once more. Do something fun. It, it could just be put on some fun music or just cook a nice snack, whatever. 
enjoy the victory you have with the inner child that's been released from the bondage, from the prison, from the area of your mind that has no time. It's been stuck in jail for all time and no time. And so those are the six steps. This is really practical stuff. Sometimes on this program, I talk about things that are more maybe abstract, important, but abstract. This is a total how-to. <laughs> and I think it's really important. It's something I'm applying to my life today and I'll apply tomorrow. And I want us to be well. I want us to grow spiritually. And that means as whole people, not one section of our lives integrated. And that means spiritually as a whole person. So my homework, as I sometimes give on soul school, is to check in with yourself throughout the day, maybe once an hour, 10, 12 times a day. Check in with yourself. How do I feel right now? Am I acting reactively because I don't feel safe somehow? safe in my own body or just safe in my surroundings. Just get a, a check on yourself in a conscious way. This is why praying the hours, praying every hour, you can set your phone and, and pray the hours and, and check in with yourself as you pray and say, Lord, I'm coming before you. I'm humbling myself to you. I'm giving you praise and worship. And I'm also trying to understand what I'm feeling inside and how I'm responding and reacting to my world. I don't want to respond in an unhealthy, triggered way because then most of my brain is offline. So I am coming to you now and asking you to help me know what emotions am I feeling right now? Is my body tense? Is it ready to run or fight? And if so, what's the fear underneath? Am I afraid? And if I'm afraid, I need to say that I'm afraid and I need to release that energy and re-empower myself with the strength of the Holy Spirit. So that's my homework. Check in with yourself. It can involve prayer or it can just be a regular check-in. Try to do it on the hour or at least every three hours and see if you're in reaction mode. When we are in reaction mode and in trigger mode, we have no ability to be empathetic. That shuts down in the brain. It shuts down when we have fear and we have no ability to really understand what others are feeling when we are triggered. That part of the brain just goes offline. So we can imagine that if we're in a place where everybody's triggered, nobody cares about what anybody else is thinking, nor can they. They just don't have the capacity. So we have to get everybody back online where their brains have the ability to have empathy again, where I have the ability to have empathy when I feel safe in my own body. And I can think clearly enough to think, you know, I'm being triggered right now. Maybe that other person's being triggered right now. And they are saying things because they have zero empathy for me because their brain just went offline. I hope and pray that this has been a meaningful episode for you. If you'd like to support my work, I would so appreciate it. And I have a new PayPal link where you can donate dollar, five dollars. And it would really help me to get some new equipment that I need. It's just paypal.me forward slash Lisa Cologne Delay, L-I-S-A-C-O-L-O-N-D-E-L-A-Y. When you send a donation there, it will go to help me buy new equipment. And that would be wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. Come back next Wednesday and I'll have a guest interview. 
please pass this along. If you enjoy this program, please leave a review on iTunes. 